killed Milton! Milton was still with us? Where did you think he was? I don't know. I thought he stayed back with the bus. What was Milton gonna do? He was helping us! Who's Milton? What? I don't remember any Milton. Fuck! He has been with us the whole time! Somebody named Milton has been with us the whole time? Yes! I don't think so. I think I would have noticed if a guy named Milton has been with us. Look at him! He's dead. Oh, that guy! Milton! Milton! Hey there, we are now recording, and this is Out Now Nights. 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 Pleasure Out calls. <laughs> Out Now Nights 20, to be exact. Number 20? Uh-huh. We're lacking in this department. We need to do more Nights episodes. Hey, people like the Nights, too. That's why, you know, I like, you know we te- you tease it out. You give them Nights every so often. <laughs> we like, tease it out. It's like when a dog does, like, a really good trick, and you get a trick. I mean, I think that they do a, a trick more than, like, once every two years, though. <laughs> It's like what it's like that episode of The Simpsons where they start learning how to balance on balls and like talking. <laughs> I hope the you. Yeah. Who they're gonna go invade the land again? Yeah, yeah. It's something. I don't think it's the elephant episode. Is it the elephant? It's one where they're just not getting a lot of attention because they have some other pet. So it might be the elephant one. Oh no, I, I know. What you're you know about like, they're like balancing on balls. You're it's like, like just like in the background somewhere. Yeah, they're like I love you. Like it just learned how to talk <laughs> because it wants attention. <laughs> Is they Miss Santa's little helper? Yeah. Well, it's both of them, like but, uh, Snowball 2 and is also Snowball doing it. 2, then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm calling this episode Gavain's Suicide Quest for the Green Knight, because we are going to talk about both the Suicide Squad and the Green Knight, and because this is a Knights episode, we, we are go we can go full spoilers in these things. Yeah, we we're going we're going into uh, all the chartered territory. Yeah. All right, so bef- let's uh, let's start things out with the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have already talked about it. Um, we did. Yeah. But and I, 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 I was curious your opinions. I, I, I would have uh, liked your opinions of like, I, I missed your high um, sarcastic voice of like, did it though? Um, <laughs> stuff like that. When, cause when everybody's overly positive on something, I like how you're just like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have listened to that episode. Good, nice uh-huh. job taking the reins. Um, <laughs> I, I will say there's not a lot for me to add as far as like, <laughs> differentiating from you guys because i think oh. it was fantastic I, okay. I there's it's easily my favorite of the dc extended the dc cinematic universe films mm-hmm. um, that have come out of, of of late um and it i mean it delivers on everything that i'd kind of want from something like this both in terms of the suicide squad and as far as being a dc movie um, mm-hmm. the key thing that i know peter mentioned is that the james gunn brings like himself to this very clearly um i could say that other dc films these standalone ones similarly have like directorial elements that are very specific to the filmmakers james wan comes to mind for aquaman Aquaman. Um, but um everything about how this the suicide squad has come together not only just made you know it it further sinks down how terrible suicide squad was from 2016 (laughs) but it just it shows you how much can be done if you just like. Let's... Wait, hold on, Aaron. I'm getting a call from David Ayer. <laughs> Aaron, uh, they didn't put my vision on the screen. Yeah, I get it, and we can talk more about that later, David. But I mean, the the fact okay, is. Okay, I'll go now. Bye. Yeah, thanks for calling it. Uh, the fact is, like, James Gunn is he's a good director, and he's yeah. a good director of actors, and he also knows how to bring his sense of humor into something that very much clicks with just what I like in movies. I mean, it's like a dark sense of humor too. Like it. And it is. So... 
it's you know it, it's very sarcastic and sardonic both at the same time yet and he he layers all of this with like a huge amount of heart so it's like as you could like write some of this off as being nihilistic as far as where things end up but at the same time it's like there's so much sincerity he gives to every single one of these characters where it's like yeah i mean there, there's a lot to respond to and connect with while dealing with so much death and destruction so yeah like it, it's weird because like we mentioned this on the review as well in the main review but it, i i don't know who any of these characters are and i don't largely care for any of these characters because i'm just not connected to them the way that i am like with wolverine and storm and you know iron man and and captain america but i i'm rooting for them uh, at the end of the movie you know what i mean i'm, I'm not for them to like all perish but I'm essentially just rooting for them to like get down with their mission because, hey man, Idris Elba's got a daughter and Ratcatcher Two. is a lonely person, <laughs> and you know I'm glad that she's got a friend in uh in King Shark. Yeah, I mean he's certainly you know some of these are more well known than others, but he's certainly scraping right. the bottom for especially in for the opening sequence, which has a bunch of characters that you're just never gonna see again. Which is, I we're, I we're in, we're in full spoiler territory. Oh yeah, we are, and I'm about to talk about it. Like the 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 whole opening that sets up Michael Rooker as like your in character it was yes. hilarious to me because I was onto this game right away. Like I can understand if some people were caught off guard by where this was going. But the second we open on Michael Rooker and we start following him along, I'm like, well, mm-hmm. clearly we're not watching the Michael Rooker movie or else he'd be on any of the posters. So, <laughs> like, this is not going to end well for any of these people. And as it went go- it kept going, and then Pete Davidson stands up and is like, all right. And, like, he just gets shot in the face. I'm like, okay, so th- this is how this is going to be. I thought, <laughs> like, I thought Pete was going to go out earlier. I actually thought he was going to go out when he couldn't – when he was like, you guys sent me next to a werewolf? And I thought I was like, oh, this is where Pete Davidson gets killed off. And it would, have been, it would have been amazing, but, you know, he lasts for, like, another two minutes. Yeah, but very, first we kill off the weasel, kind of, by having it drowned, which is hilarious. All of this stuff, I mean, this is just me reiterating the film. I'm not going to do that. But I just, the whole opening was wonderful in terms of its, like, over-the-top goriness, which holds throughout. But in terms of, like, watching, like, super villains that are powered up, like, just be slaughtered on a beach, it's like, wow. Yeah. This movie gets what it wants to be right away as far as, yeah, it's the Suicide Squad. These missions aren't going to be easy. These missions are going to be full of a great amount of destruction. It also gives you a good idea of, yeah, anybody can kind of go throughout this thing. And even while you don't really expect Idris Elba or Margot Robbie to be killed in this movie, you know, the rest are pretty expendable. And it's neat to yeah. see, like, how it plays with that throughout the, you know, the rest of the film. I got that feeling, too, and I wasn't sure because there was a part where uh, Shark King – King Shark is going to go – this is like my alien queen, queen I know. alien thing. It's just exactly like that. <laughs> But this is like where King Shark, um, when he was going to go and try and eat uh, Ratcatcher during her sleep, uh-huh. and you know, she's like, hey, how about I just be your friend here? And they're shaking hands. I'm like, she could get killed right now. And I'm like <laughs> bracing myself for her arm being ripped off and her not making it through the rest of this movie. Uh, so, yes, there is like this expendable quality to all these characters. Obviously, like what you mentioned, Idris and Margot, probably not. But, you know, I, I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, is there going to be a turn? At any point, um, I also want to mention just in the beginning the absurdity of it all. Uh-huh. Um, and I love that about it with Gunn just being like, no, you're like TDK, um, the, the detachable whatever. kid. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, he's going to have like really cool superpowers. He kind of does, but his arms move at like <laughs> one mile per hour. <laughs> it's not even very, he's just like 
He's just like giving them whoopies in their face. The result is just he's slapping them. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he has the, like, that's all he does. Right. Like, okay. And so it's just like hilariously like absurd, and that's what makes like you know if you're not in at that point, then you're not in. I actually loved uh, reading along with them. Um, from the show, uh, um, Terrence, just when he was tweeting about the Suicide Squad, I'm just be like, Terrence definitely doesn't like this movie. But I love reading how he's just like, why would they do this? And I was like, I had the same thought, too. But... You thought it was fine, overall. Yeah. Like, I know what you mean. <laughs> like it's, anyway. it's, it's a lot if you don't, like, track with the sense of humor. I'm going to just go over some, like, highlights of mine. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it'd just be me restating what you guys said in the review. I've got a question for you as well. Okay. Now, let, me, let me throw out a couple here. Yeah. Uh, first is uh, Idris Elba is great in this movie. I it's hilarious to me that they found the one like other character that could easily be Will Smith still if he said yes and he didn't. So they're like, all right, we'll just use Bloodsport, who has yeah. a similar name, similar power, a similar backstory, similar mask. Like yeah. he's like every everything does. It's like yeah, it's just Will Smith said no, so I guess we got Idris Elba. That's it. Idris Elba is a lot better than like having a you know like a Hemsworth or whatever in like an Independence Day where he said no. So I mean this is uh <laughs> th- this is pretty great cuz I think Idris Elba's Our friend scene got cut out of that movie. It that's great for him. Uh this it probably is uh but um, <laughs> overall <laughs> in the long run. But no, I think yeah. Idris Elba's like really good here. Um yeah. there's a moment that I think does a lot of what this movie is as a whole as far as balancing tones, action and comedy where Idris Elba like there's a big tower, the Utenheim tower at the end that like falls mm-hmm. and he lands like on a platform and he thinks he's broken his fall and then that like that floor falls through another floor yeah. and then it just repeatedly has him falling over and over and over again until he hits like the ground essentially and right. there he is staring at John Cena who's like threatening Ratcatcher too but the shot yeah. of Idris Elba that just like the second he lands on the floor and the like it goes to a big close like it zooms into a big close up <laughs> in his face and it's like this is like the coolest Idris and Idris Elba's like already very cool this is like the coolest I've seen him in a movie right here where he has this like just this look on his face and the way it's like this atmospheres around him and whatnot it's like this is awesome like in addition to like having a great time as far as the comedy or what have you it's just like a really fun like killer action film and the way Idris Elba plays in this and this gets me to the next point the way John Cena interacts with him art is terrific this is maybe John Cena's best performance as an actor yeah, I think he's so good in this movie. It's like he, uh, Gunn is tapped right into like exactly what he could do. Everything I, I wasn't enjoying about him in this current Fast and Furious, where I assume he'll be a lot looser in the next one. This is what he, I. He's gonna be a good guy. That's why he could be looser. Yeah, but even this, he's not a good guy, but he's still hilarious because he can yeah. be. He can, like I said in the Fast and Furious review, I like Cena when he's playing a goofball. I think that is his like prime mode. Like yeah, trainer. Even like. Because even then, like, in both of these, he's a goofball, but he's, like, he's he's sincere about it. It's not that he's right. trying to be funny. It's the, the filmmakers seem to know how to make him funny just because that's how he wears it. Like, even how he's dressed in this movie is funny. Him just wearing shorts and a t-shirt is funny. Like, it, it's so, like, great as far as using his his big awkward body like to just like throw around into a scene and be like, yeah, that works. Like, is he wearing like the thing you mentioned with King shark, like about to eat rat catcher too. And he just shows up wearing just his like tidy white, just his tidy white. <laughs> but yeah. he's so like, 
it's so like he, his body's just weird. He's has such like a weirdly big body. It's not like he, the, he really does. Because his like, arms are just like, are those even fucking real? Like anymore? he looks like fucking Johnny Bravo. Like it's so weird how he's like shaped. <laughs> <laughs> but this, but even then, and you mentioned this, like there's an emotional turn that he has as far as what he thinks his objective is versus what rick flag discovers later in this movie that plays so well because that's the character like it doesn't betray who he is as the peacemaker this ridiculous guy that murders anything if it means preserving peace which makes sense in his mind so it's like all of that works well the like the series of one-upsmanships between him and Bloodsport, like that's a (laughs) lot of fun and then yeah that brings me to joel kinnaman who he fights in the end there Joel Kinnaman's also great in this movie. Like, everyone's really good in this thing. Yeah. I really like the actors. I think they all, like, do a great job. But Joel Kinnaman go- has gone from, like, character I could not care less about in that first one to a guy mm-hmm. who's like, I care about this dude. And he seems to be just, like, getting along with everyone so much better. I saw, I saw, I couldn't even tell you what he was, like, doing in the first Suicide Squad, along with Scott Eastwood, who I re- just now remembered is in that Scott movie. Scott Eastwood was in the first one? I know, right? But, like, I saw a picture of, of Rick Flagg from the first Suicide Squad, and he's like, it's such a dramatic like difference as far as him like in this t-shirt and like the lack of facial hair versus this like bro version of him in the first one. Yeah. And where it's like, even just costuming just makes a huge difference when it comes to something like this. And it's yeah, you know, he's like, got like it, the ridiculous bright yellow shirt on. Yeah. For the second half of the movie. And just his attitude just feels so much better. Like just seeing him here, where he's like, he's the straightest dude of the ball because he's just Rick Flag, you know, soldier guy. Mm-hmm. But like, he just gets. The vibe of this movie just caters more to him than it than it did in the first one, where it's just a bunch of forgettable like military guys, with a bunch of random villains that don't really mean much to me, except for the ones that are big movie stars. So it's like ugh, this thing, mm-hmm. and I point this out because it brings me to the air thing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Why I have to defend like my thoughts. Do, do like, you want no, me to get no, back on the phone? No, no, no. But like, no offense okay. to like Ayer as a person. I'm sure he's fine. People like working with him, so I'm sure he's a good sure. guy as far as that goes. But I it's mean, not. He's gotten he, like a lot of projects greenlit in Hollywood. Of so course, he seems to. Be, he must be good in the room as far as pitching right. an idea and getting something going. So like, good. Well, on let for, me pic- picture this. L.A. nighttime. <laughs> Crooked cops. The executive was like, sold. So with it, like, <laughs> I can understand, like, being upset that your film was taken away from you. But at the same time, it's like, there's still a lot of stuff that, like, were your decisions as far as, like, costume choices and various ways you're filming certain people or what have you. Like, the footage was there and you shot it. They just edited it the way it was different. And it's just, this is so, like, leagues ahead of, like, what that movie was offering to me. And it's like, I, I don't know what the air cut would be, but I know that I've disliked intensely Bright and Sabotage and Street Kings. Like, those are all, like, some of the worst movies I've seen of those respective years. So it's like, I don't know what amazing movie is lurking underneath, but I don't think it's going to be there. Where this right. I have, and it's like, oh, boy, what a what a difference it makes to just have great choices being made throughout as far as how to handle your cast, how to make them look unique in a comic book movie where it's not just dull grays and blacks everywhere. Yes, like, yes. it's just, this is a big, splashy movie despite having so much, like, grime and grit to it as well. Um, so, yeah. It's what, so what, weird because, like, the mm-hmm. pacing of it really helps out with all that as well. Mm-hmm. Because the, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's movie, you know, I... I'm just like, okay, well, I, I know that they're in this island nation and they've got to, like, run around and do things. But I never had enough time to be like, why would they, like, aren't people, like, in the streets, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. It's because there's always something to do. And then when you're watching Suicide Squad from a few years ago, they're in a deserted city. 
and they're still not doing anything. You know what I mean? Like they're they're literally just like walking through the city trying to find uh uh what's her face's character? The enchantress. Um, the enchantress, yeah, Joel Kinnaman's ex-girlfriend. Um and it's just like you guys you set up a really boring plot in a boring location versus this one's like, Hey, you guys don't the plot is, but I'm going to add story to this plot. Here's you know the, I mean? here's the thing. It's like the same movie. Like, it's not like it's done a Pretty whole lot much. different from the plot. Like it even involves like random zombie people at the end. Like the first one has, like, it's not doing a whole lot to move the ball again. Yeah. The plot <laughs> like, is there. I'm just like, Hey, it's a team that needs to go complete this mission. And there are a bunch of like screw ups and dead and dangerous people. But Gun adds in story and he adds in character development. He adds in it. he adds in just like flavor. Like it just doesn't feel bland because there's just a lot going it's on as far as the yeah. direction goes and the art design and the, the you sure. know, song even the like the soundtrack choices which is a godsend compared to the first one. Like they're specific things that <laughs> feel like Gun was like, This fits the mood of the film and is something unique that you don't hear in movies all the time compared to fucking Fortunate Son from CCR that you hear in every goddamn Vietnam movie. It's like, Yeah, I might as well put it in. I was in. gonna be like, Oh, <laughs> did, did the Suicide Squad fly over Vietnam? Yeah, like it's <laughs> It's like finally, like just real choices being made throughout this thing. Right. Uh, yeah. That with that. Right as the Valkyrie starts playing, you're just like, oh, we're in Vietnam again. <laughs> with with that in mind, like if if anything is if anything takes it down a notch for me, it's because it's it's as if Gun like used this as a I'm just gonna let it all out, any frustration I have, and like play a lot of the greatest hits. Like every this is very much the James Gun that made Super and Slither movies I really enjoy. But like down to various choices that are exact choices from those films just maximalized because he has hundreds of millions of more to work with this time. It, it kind of like, as a person that really likes his films and have seen them a number of times, it's hard not to spot some of the things he's just repeating. Like the sure. the whole Starro sequence at the end is right out of Slither as far as that goes. There are a number of things out of Super in there as far as you know the basic concept of regular, pe- regular people trying to act as superheroes. Uh, even the song choice in the opening credits is the same song that ends Dawn of the Dead. Like, there's a lot of stuff that just repeats. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's not necessarily me, like, being upset at the movie, but it, it feels, it feels at times, for Gunn, while I admire the fact that he's able to just, uh, he's allowed, he's being allowed to do what he wants to in a movie, and I do think he does it really well, especially with the character stuff and everything, it does make it feel like, at times, that it's not exactly, like, it's it feels like less of a challenge for him it feels more like he's just having fun nothing necessarily wrong with that but it something like guardians of the galaxy which i would say is his best movie um it feels like a whole like volume one volume one it feels like a radical shift for him as far as what he's been able to afford himself to do that separates him from his other movies and even volume two which i'm lesser on what I like about two is that it's not just one again. It's very much trying to evolve his characters that he's very much written and he's very he has a very deep connection to. Like he's trying to do some very specific things in there. It's not entirely successful like the first one is, but it still feels like he was challenging himself to make that. And that's why I'm really looking forward to three because I I know he's going to continue challenging himself. Where this just feels like, well, <laughs> they I'm threw me off of this. They threw me off of Disney, so you know what? Warner Brothers gave me a go. I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to and just have a bunch of fun right now. And you know what? They right gave now. me $180 million to do. <laughs> so, so why not? I'm just, gonna it, I'm just going to let it roll. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> let, uh, $180 million on black. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but the, the thing that was uh, of note is, you know, we mentioned the parallels with the two franchises, Guardians and the Suicide Squad, in terms of just, like, misfits coming together, trying to save the world, yeah. and they may or may not get praised at the end of it. And 
to your point, like there's just like this more freedom vibe in the DCEU where it's just like, hey, yeah, no, if you're going to make it gritty and dark, go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Zack Snyder, and make your Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman kind of thing. Um, or like what you're saying, James Wan, make it crazy. And I, that's what I love about the, the Aquaman. It's a crazy movie. Yeah. Um, but then in this one, there's like, hey, yeah, do what you do what you do best and we're going to go with it. And I, I actually really appreciate that about it because, yes, to some degree, like it, it kind of does feel a little bit neutered in, in Guardians. Not completely, but yes, I'm pretty sure that Gunn wanted to drop like more F-bombs, maybe have like more ridiculous blood well, he's things. he's a smart guy. Like he knows – I mean totally. he's making a Disney movie. He knows what he can't yes. do, but yeah, he's yeah. still I, able I to – I mean, he, he has a fucking Jackson Pollock joke in Guardians. That's hilarious. I know. It's, <laughs> it's a classic line. Like, um, he, he but, knows how to, like, do the thing he wants to do his way while, you know, so, like, that's why the, him and, like, within lines. yeah, that's why him and, like, Waititi and even Coogler, like, they're directors that seem to, like, get how to play into the studio while still making the film they want to right. make. Yeah. And it's not like the MCU needs our help here as far as defending No, it. no. Like, well, but, I mean, they could always use our help, but, you know. Yeah, but, it, but you know, it seems... You know, the separation between the two, and it's not about warring them between each other, it's just more about acknowledging that there's clear lines that separate them. The MCU, is, it's following a, a thing that's really working for them, and that can give them a samey kind of vibe, but at the same time, it's a very connected universe that right. benefits from the fact that you can swap in and out characters and be like, yeah, it's this person's adventure within this thing, where the DC stuff, I wish they were better overall, but I still right. admire that they're trying to be filmmaker driven especially now like now that we've changed the leadership involved and who's producing these things there's an effort to make them very filmmaker driven so they feel like various artistic voices that all have to be operating within the same comic universe was shazam pre or post that sorry was shazam was pre or post that that yeah, it was post. it's post that okay. it very much feels okay. like david david s sandberg being like yeah i want to make like an 80s amblin film with superheroes <laughs> like that's what he's going for it's kind of scary <laughs> he's got kids they're dealing with their own stuff and were also they, were they riding bikes in that movie too they might as i think that no they were there there's a whole okay, thing about right. that because david s sandberg has a great youtube page that he has a video it's concerning this thing <laughs> um what uh, else you had a question yeah, no. for me I, I mean, I've got a series of questions for you. You okay. answered like one of the things that you know just didn't really you didn't really jive with. What did you think of the use of comedy in this movie? I mean, it's, like, a, it, it's very much welcome. Like it's, uh -huh. it's, I what I like is that it's not it's not an overload. There is yes. plenty of comedy in this. This is not a unfunny movie, but it does know how to treat moments of sincerity with that level of sincerity. The best example I have for that, Taika Waititi's other role that he plays two roles in this movie obviously one is starro uh but the other <laughs> the other is Ratcatcher one i was and, glad that you were able to like point that out to twitter uh on a recent post yeah <laughs> but um what i really like about how he's utilized as Ratcatcher one in this movie in flashbacks is that he is playing it entirely sincere the, yeah, there is an straight. easy way to be like i'm Ratcatcher one and i'm taika waititi look how hilarious this is but he mm -hmm. doesn't at all. He plays it completely straight as just the dad of this girl who can control rats and wants to teach his daughter the way of the rat and wants to communicate to her why this is a cool thing I'm able to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this occurs <laughs> literally during a moment where a giant starfish is destroying Corto Maltese and everything's going crazy. And they're like, let's have a flashback to Taika Waititi teaching his daughter mm -hmm. a lesson. And, like, there's ways to, like, make that too much 
and and it does and it doesn't. It makes it feel like yeah, this makes complete sense right now, and I'm very glad that we got this small flashback so we can justify this little thing that's about to happen. Yeah. We, at the same time, yeah, you have bits of humor throughout this mainly because of like the cast just shooting lines at each other even like <laughs> early on the fight i know peter you, peter pointed this out um the fight between idris elba and his daughter played by storm reed in the jail yeah. where they're yelling at each other about this like watch that's this, watch. this tv watch that you stole and he it like, does more than that exactly that there's the, the the scene is so serious as far as them yelling fuck at each other back and forth but the fact that she says it does it does more than just that is such a funny line within an argument so it's like that's just good writing the fact that this screenplay can like incorporate you know huge moments of tension and action and still have time for like jokes that don't feel like it's breaking the universe at all it just feels like it fits right in because that's who these characters are yeah well, you brought up another question that I had, which was, what'd you think of like the flashbacks jump forwards? I I like that they were, I like that the first one was utilized so it could make sense the second time it's done later on. Mm-hmm. Like by by giving Great. you that by giving you that fake intro at the front as far as having like the fake suicide or you know, the non suicide squad that you're gonna follow yeah. and then get going three days earlier. I like that that's like it establishes that you're gonna see something like that again later on and it does it well. Because mm-hmm. it, the way the film kind of pivots during that giant like explosion scene and John Cena fighting um, Kinnaman, and then it's like eight minutes earlier to justify why this just happened, it's re- it's really well placed. And and, okay. it, and the way that I know that people had like some issues with it, like why are you doing this at pivotal points and or you've done it like three or four times already, and you know like I I think I'm on board with you, but I also was just like I'm glad it wasn't an extended yeah flashback no i think it does, it's just the right amount of length like because i think exactly. there's because the other way the only other way to do it is like split screens and cross cutting but i think it, it would ruin all of the tension between um john cena and joel kinnaman if you were constantly cutting back and forth to king shark and blood that's sport that's a great point i actually so, didn't notice that so, about the editing yeah, so the, it is just them fighting yeah so the fact that it's all about that and then you know you you get this surprise as far as like how that resolves itself as far as Idris mm-hmm. Elba falling through the floor and like saving yeah. Ratcatcher. Well, yeah, why why the uh, the building started but, to, to yeah, burst? Exactly, the, the context yeah. is entirely there to to like justify why it's being done. Yeah, and then what do you think of the runtime? Runtime's fine. I mean, it's a it's maybe a little long, but yeah. it's paced enough paced well enough where i'm not like sitting there looking at my watch it's like it, i've seen it twice now i watched it with my dad again the other day he really liked it um and All he's right. and he's pretty hit or miss on superhero movies he's like eh, they just saved the world again he, he was he liked this one he was into the humor of this he was in technically they they just leave this island to be like you know destroyed they stopped but... the thing i mean like... they did <laughs> they did um, but you know like a lot of people are dead yeah yeah it's a suicide squad um but like he and he's not into horror movies either mainly because he doesn't like gore stuff so the fact this one became so over the top gory he's like you just kind of go with it after a while so he was he was he liked it he liked what this movie was offering you just kind of go with it after a while what a quote put um, that on any movie poster um to a question that you brought up um to the other guys that i also have an answer to is you were asking about harley quinn on the uh on the podcast on the other episode uh yeah about her separate arc in the movie yeah i for one thing i really like it because it well, for one thing, it just gives her something to do because it's the Suicide Squad. You have to have Harley Quinn in here, and it's a comic book movie, so you want to like, you know, make things stand out in the way they can. What I especially like about this, though, is that it it very much continues the arc that she's been on as far as getting away from toxic men like the Joker. 
Um, and what I find fascinating about that is that James Gunn was writing this before he knew about Birds of Prey. So he didn't even know like what Harley's state was going to be in uh, before like designing this setup for like what she's going to be doing in this movie. And it, I mean, it, it played well with what we've seen from Birds of Prey as far as how she's become more independent by the end of that movie and putting her into this scenario where she once again finds herself kind of stranded but can totally handle herself because she's a deadly killer person. Yeah. Uh, and the, the the reaction she has to like what this setup is for her as far as this, you know, um, uh, president of this country and, you know, how she do, I'm not sure why I'm tiptoeing around this word spoilers, but I'm still trying yeah. to preserve some mystery. The fact that, you know, that she's able to handle the situation and she justifies by saying like, I got to look for red flags. And you're like, you're talking about like killing children if you need to. I'm not cool with that. Right. Like that very much, you, you know, we're dealing with a lot of bad people as far as these supervillains go, but like generally they're bad for certain kinds of reasons. And so the fact that we have someone again, that's consistent with who they are and it shows continued growth as far as where Harley Quinn started in this universe versus where she is now. I really enjoyed that gun was able to figure out how to make that work. Um, yeah. And, and even in that scene, I, I actually really, I was confused by it at first, like in the scene itself. Like I, I was less confused by it as it kept going. Cause she has like this monologue that that lasts for like a minute kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I really appreciate that he's mixing a lot of things into the scene and into her voice right now because, yeah, to your point, like you know, she's talking about like red flags and whatever. Else. But it's also like this lady is fucking crazy, and she's like a danger to everybody. And I see why they they locked her up. But it's cool to see that she's got like some morals for people that are even worse than she is. And it's like it, it was a really well done, like well thought out, like character piece. And I appreciate it, you know, just from the standpoint of, hey, cool. You gave me something that I wasn't expecting for a character that I largely don't really know anything about, except for like the, the animated series and what I've seen on the screen. But, yeah, it's cool that you've given me more than just um, uh, Birds of Prey, where she where I know that she loves uh, sandwiches and she wants to get back at the Joker because he kicked her out kind of thing. And way more than, like, the Suicide Squad, where it's just like, cool, she's good with a baseball bat. It, it helps that, you know, this is the third time Robbie's played this role at this point, and so she knows this character. She knows what to do with sure. her as far as showing, like, bits of evolution as far as where she's, you know, where she is at this point. So it works. Also, she's given, like, two of the best action scenes in this movie as far as this whole thing with, the like, the shootout followed by the javelin. Um, which becomes this like burst of animated flower stuff, which is really like visually interesting and like fun to yes. see. And yeah. then later on with the, you know, for one thing, you're already giving me a kaiju battle and a suicide squad, but like I'm into that right away, obviously. But the yeah. fact that like I'm sitting there the whole time during that Starro thing thinking, stop just shooting it. Clearly it has a big weak spot, the fucking eye in the middle of itself. Like that's the thing you go for. <laughs> and sure enough, Harley Quinn takes the javelin and just dives right into it. And like all the rats follow. And it's all like, the rats come in. I, yeah, and, I love how my it thought became was, like a big bloody pool. My, my, my thought was I was sitting next to Peter. I looked at him in the screening. I was like, this is so gross, but it's wonderful. <laughs> like, it's, such a, it's such a gross way to end this movie. <laughs> as far as like, how do they defeat him? Well, she, she, she cut open his eye with a javelin and a bunch of rats dived inside and ate it from the inside out it's like right. what yeah. yeah that's a big major movie that they spent 185 million dollars on okay like that's great it's, <laughs> it's so gross but it's like such a fun thing to see happen in a sense. giant movie yeah. Yeah. i mean yeah, on the whole like we were mentioning there uh during that during the the sequence uh, as well it's like no yeah i mean we know that they're gonna get out of it if they're this part of the movie but you know like 
I'm not expecting it to be playing it safe at that point either. Like I would, I would have loved, uh, you know, uh, I loved when um, Jess Malchian is like, oh, well, it's my mom. I'm, let me shoot off like one of Starro's legs. Um, but I was like, yeah, at that point I was expecting like, I would love for just like a giant burst and everything's just covered in blood and guts from Starro. But, you know, uh, you take what you can get. Dasmashian's really good here too. Like he, like they give him. He has like, one of my favorite lines in the movie. Which one? It, it's like uh, we're all gonna die. He's like I hope. I so. hope so. Andrew <laughs> Elba as the like, he's like for fuck's sake. Like just his reactions to things are hilarious in this movie. But but yeah, Polka Dot Man, who's like tied with Calendar Man, who's also in this movie briefly. Just yes. Sean yeah, Sean Gunn Gun. plays him. Yeah. Um, they're like the worst villains in the next to like all of like Condiment King. Like they're like terrible DC villains. Well, apparently I can take on in a fight. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good question that I asked. Um, yeah. I got some great responses from that one. You can only you can't beat a scary clown man, of course. That was, that was the key. Yeah. Um, but Polka Dot Man, there's nothing you need to do with that to be like make this more than a joke, and yet they make it this tragic, like, Quasimodo character <laughs> that has such a fun arc as far as, like, okay, he sees his mom everywhere who experimented on him, and so that's his, like, source. He has this right. odd power of hurling polka dots that melt stuff. And, yeah. then he, and then he gets this moment of joy where it's like, I'm a superhero, <laughs> and then just immediately yeah. gets murdered, he which is so predictable. Murdered. But at the same time, it's like, well, that's fun. Like, it's fun to see that that kind of performance in this thing. I also just love how uh, they're like, well, what's his power? Did you throw polka dots at people? And later it actually happens like, holy shit, he does just throw polka dots at people. Like, you know, they, like these long cons are great. Uh, Anyhow. Uh, the action's yeah, fun in this movie. Um, I've already mentioned it somewhat with Harley Quinn, but like the action in general. Um, again, after the, the, the wash that was Snake Eyes as far as like, let's just shoot it terribly and I guess let I that go. This is like... I'm not saying Suicide Squad's on par with, like, the raid, but at least, like, you just see everything. Like, that, everything... That's the other thing, too. Everything has a... Every, there's all... There's camera choices being made. Mm. There's... And, like, it... It's not exactly Jackie Chan, but it, like, it very much has a... It gets that you can make this fun. You can make this fun yeah. and funny. There are, yeah. there, there are, like, bits where, like, Harley Quinn will, like, slam a guy's face and then repeatedly slam it for, like, nine more times and hold the shot because that's funny. Or just, like, little yeah. beats as far as how John Cena and Idris Elba, like, invade this guerrilla camp and take on all these guys and just, like, have it, like, play as a long... Yeah, like, a, like a, a one-up on each other. Yeah, yeah one-up on each other, like, several long shots of this happening and, like, the way it's playing out. There's just a lot of clarity to all of this that I very much yeah. appreciated. That's a great point, and Peter was sort of bringing this up on the on the uh, review as well, but he was mentioning that, you know, it actually kind of looks uh, lived in. Um, yes. In terms of, you know, you don't really see... Like, it's definitely filmed in, with green screens or whatever else, but... Like the Margot Robbie running across the rooftop, and then her having to like jump into like the eye of Sauron, um, mm -hmm. is you know it, it looks yes fake, but also like it's not as though it's like oh everything looks definitely fake. Um, so yes, to your point, the clarity of this is really good. Something that I I also noticed, um, where it's like I, you can actually see the fight sequences, you can see them fighting, you can see, you know, like this rough and tumble stuff. Like I think like, um. A clean example of this would be the like we were mentioning with Idris Elba's like falling through, um, but prior to that, Redcatcher and John Cena are kind of having a go. Redcatcher too. Oh, before like, before that, get to John Cena and 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 um, and, uh, and uh, Joel Kinnaman, where they have that fight that starts with just the reflection of of, of, Pe was, of Peacemaker's oh, well, mask. 
yeah. uh, before it cuts away to just this brutal, like, it's not even that long, but just a brutal, like, back and forth between those two. Yeah. Like, that's a better bathroom fight than fucking yeah. Batman Superman, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> you, told, you told her, Ron, we have, like, that scene. I was like, I was so mesmerized by that scene. I was like, this is really well thought out, and I'm, like, literally watching a reflection of a helmet, but I'm, I'm watching to see if, uh, like, you know, again, it's super mesmerizing. So, James Gunn, well, well done on the thought-out process of how do I'm how am I going to shoot these fights, uh, and also just how am I going to? I guess kudos to his editor for for helping him out as well. Yeah. Any other questions you had for me as far as this goes? Yeah, it was something I wanted to ask the other folks as well. But what do you think of like the um, transition scenes with um, the um, the title cards on screen? Right. Yeah, I thought those were great. I had that written down too. That's like one of the last things I've written down. Um, nice. It's I, I read your notes. I yeah, I I really enjoyed those. I I thought yeah. that was a clever way to kind of you know give different chapters. It you know it reminds you that this is a comic book movie. If anything, <laughs> like it reminds you that it's like that you know we're watching movies that is about a bunch of people that were on funny funny pages at one point. Um, so it's like this is fun. I I like that we had these and they're all like done differently, right? You have like three days yes. earlier on a toilet seat. You have the the um. The yeah, you, like the leaves saying now. The like leaves saying now. There's that one that's Utenheim that's all done yeah, with like the, beat, all the, the bits of the roof, and, the rooftop stuff. Yeah. The uh, that, that, yeah. the that, operation that, Operation Utenheim. Then it's like Operation Harley Quinn instead. Or, <laughs> yeah. And then the, 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 my favorite one was Starro. Uh, well, yeah, versus, Suicide Squad versus Starro. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like written as pencil. But that's yeah. a great point that you bring up where I did like that there was multiple versions of it. But I also like how it felt again not so much like organic is the word that's coming to mind but it just it flows it with the, fit scene. the tone yeah it fit the tone of the movie yeah. and and yeah the given scene too as far as like, like you know I, it are. really takes me out when like it, it's not so like tarantino does this poorly he does like actual chapter blocking like uh, within his movies but you know like whenever i see this in other movies where it's like uh three years ago or whatever it's like it i don't need to see a title card because you know like I get it. Just keep going. But, you know, the, the other thing that when we're talking about the Jotunheim, like them on the roof, I really like that they took the time to stop and eat something. Yeah. Who ate all the empanadas? empanadas on the screen. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, you've been fighting for like a day and a half and you must be famished. That's the thing. Like, that's why it's like I, it's hard for me to question the runtime because it's like I don't I like that the film has time to breathe. Like that whole bar mm-hmm. sequence where they're just hanging out, drinking and dancing. It's like. You could easily cut like there's no reason to have that go on as long as it needs to, but the right. fact that you just get it and it's a, it's the scene of basically just camaraderie as far as like John Cena orders everyone to drink, they start dancing, they're hanging out. Yeah, hey, like, hey, hey. yeah. He also got Sebastian. One. Yeah, you forgot the rat. Uh, Joel Kinnaman and um, Idris Elba just like palling around because they're like old friends. Right. Like there's just a lot of stuff there. It's like I just I'm just happy this exists as far as we can see these people be people for a while before getting back into the, like the plot of things. Because the plot's pretty inconsequential. It's like, we got to find Peter Capaldi so we can get into a secret base. Like, all right. Right, yeah. Like, Again, like, the plot is, like, we know what the plot is. It's bad guys trying to deal with, like, a world uh, situation. But, you know, you just have so many beautiful things in between. So. Uh, the Viola Davis stuff was, like, it was fun as well. Like, I, I could have either used more of it or I don't know what. I, it feels like an area that she's certainly committed to doing all this stuff. Um, I, and you know she has like Steve Agee with her he, he's also playing King Shark but like <laughs> he gives a lot of like it's not the question like Steve Agee's talents but it's like it, it just feels very obvious where that arc is going 
as far as Steve Agee keeps giving her like looks as Side far as like, I can't yeah. yeah I can't believe she said this horrible thing and you repeat that like you think it, she's really gonna kill her daughter you, you keep repeating that same like he's looking at her intensely like six or seven times and it's like I get it you don't you, you this is morally questionable and you're probably gonna do something about it and then sure enough it happens it's just like it's means to an end type of stuff where it's like yeah yeah and you need to have this but at the same time it's like I get it so it's like I, I do think some of those scenes are funny. Like, the first scene you see them where they're all betting on who's going to live or die. Right. And then she walks. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, good meeting, everybody. <laughs> like, it's, just like, it's, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, classic office behavior. So, yeah, this movie's great. It's, it's wonderful. People, people just see it. It's, it's the best. How many times have you seen it now? Just I've twice? seen it twice. I mean, I'll see it more. Like it's One great. on IMAX and one on home? It wasn't. Our screening wasn't IMAX, unfortunately. Mm. So, we'll see. Maybe yeah. I get a chance to see it again in IMAX before it's yeah. gone. But uh, regardless, it's just yeah, it's just a good time. There you go. I'd recommend it at IMAX for sure because it's like the, it's, it's, it's. I mean, apparently it was shot for IMAX, so oh I yeah, it would. To, yeah, so it's like I, it. exactly. But it's like I'm not saying I've been waiting for this movie up for the summer. Like, there's plenty of movies I wanted to see this summer, but like, given like a lot of these bigger budget movies that we've seen that are pretty meh or you know terrible, like Space Jam. Uh, this is like <laughs> good, like choice, yeah, really choices were made. Too. Choices yeah. were made. Someone like had choices an idea of what they wanted and to also, do. Also, like it's it's one that has left an impact on me because yeah, we've seen a lot of movies this year, and you know the year's gone by so quickly. We're in August already, but yeah, I, I'm I think Beckham was like you know if you were to ask me to to name it like a top ten list right now, and we just did this like two months ago, but it's like. I would probably put Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad up there. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's, I mean, I you know I I see a lot of movies and yeah. you know, the smaller stuff it's certainly delivered. It's this bigger stuff that's been like eh, all right, like <laughs> right. Yeah. not the best. So, but yeah, Suicide Squad easily sticks out as like my favorite like big budget movie I've seen so far this year. Like it's just yeah. great, <laughs> especially like as, a, as you're mentioning like a summer block by block. Oh yeah, type. Of... A, a weird one, no less. It's like it's totally. operating on such its own level. I, I have a question for you. Last yeah. question. Yeah, yeah. This is Does Weasel just go and kill all the kids on the island then? Because they, they mentioned that his profile is like, he, he loves killing kids. And I was like... Well, I mean, we don't know the circumstances of this. All he says is, he's not a, he's killed 27 children. I don't know what he did with it. I don't know why he was killing children. Maybe maybe they were there all... Maybe, maybe, maybe they were they, making fun of him. Yeah. Maybe they were making fun of him. Maybe, like, you know, he... Maybe, maybe it was a gremlin situation where he was in a cage and then he expanded. And it's like, oh, and then the kids are making fun of him. And he ate the kids. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm more concerned Fair with the... Point. I'm more concerned with the giant rat infestation on Corto Maltese, apparently. Well, we need to deal with that. <laughs> You know who they need to call? They need to call James Bond's nemesis, so. Anton Chigurh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot his name. <laughs> Sal- uh, Salva. Yes, yeah, Salva. Yeah. Mommy's in very bad. Um, all right. So you enjoyed it, but uh, maybe, maybe so. uh, you know, um, you know, probably not as much as uh, you could have. I'm just kidding. I'm just like trying to make, trying to make it sound as though you didn't. You feel like we're just trying to tone it down from all of our positivity. Yeah, no, it, it does its job. Yeah, for sure, and then some. Um, and I look forward to John Cena's TV show because he has eight more episodes. of Peacemaker coming to HBO Max. He does? Yeah, you don't know this? Yeah, he has a whole TV oh. series going for him. Only for Peacemaker? For yeah, for Peacemaker. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if other people pop up in it, but yeah, it's a Peacemaker TV series. It's is it pre post this movie? Both. Oh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. Oh, that gonna work. But all right. 
Well, did you see the end credit scene for Suicide Squad? I did, and you know, I at first was like, Rick Flagg's not going to be alive. That's impossible. It's like, but it is a comic movie. It's like John Cena. I was like, hmm, makes sense. I watched I watched that scene again, and I was like, yeah, I guess he nicked him in the neck, but you know, it's a comic, but you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gonna cut his head exactly. off and come back to life. Rick just like Flagg the next, just like the next movie we can talk about. What? <laughs> let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get from Suicide Squad. Let's go over to the Green Knight. That's a little bit of the trailer for The Green Knight. This is an adaptation of Sir Gervain and The Green Knight, written by Anonymous. It's an old art. It's a. I know, right? It's a. <laughs> it's a chivalric romance um, set during the Arthurian times when it was, you know, written. Um, this has been translated many times over the years, um, including J.R. Tolkien. He translated a version of this, and it served for both. Uh, intense uh, scrutiny for various uh, college courses, uh, as well as just uh, literature in general, as far as people trying to interpret the story and what it means and everything. Um, it's now been adapted by David Lowry, who has directed a number of films, including A Ghost Story and The Old Man and the Gun and, of course, Pete's Dragon. Uh, he has taken on this story um, that he grew up with himself and has turned it into an A24 epic starring Dev Patel as Sir Gervain. Uh, the the um the the knight in question who has taken on the green knight in a a challenge um that a game a game of sorts that will need to be matched uh beat for beat um which and so upon doing this he uh takes a year and then realizes okay i gotta go uh meet up with the green knight again um, and he gets involved in an adventure that takes him on a journey and meeting up with various people, including Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, um, what's her name? A Fox. A Fox, of course. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Kellyman. Aaron, there he is. Aaron, Aaron Kellyman from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier from and Falcon Solo. Falcon and the Winter Soldier fame, yeah. And, and I mentioned Barry Kogan, Barry Keegan, of course. Yeah, Barry uh, Keegan. Um, Being Barry Keegan, clearly. Yeah, very, very much so. <laughs> um... So yeah, it's a it's a big movie. I've already said that I really like this movie, and I'm excited to delve more I'm into happy. this. Yeah, I did on an episode like two weeks ago. But um, <laughs> but, but Abe, <laughs> you you've now seen the Green Knight. What 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 are what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I watched it. Um, and like I I honestly don't know how to make heads or tails of the story that I'm watching, and I'm just like, oh man, like this is so cool, but also kind of weird. But what's going on here? What's going on there? And Ultimately, at the end of it, when I was watching this entire movie, you know how there are movies where you're just mad that you're just like, man, I wish I could fucking be as creative as this and make something like this. That's how I felt at the end of this movie, where I was like, this movie is visually stunning. And, you know, I've I've, I've liked David Lowry's work. I, I really liked um, A Ghost Story. And, you know, Pete Dragon was like a surprise of mine um, that you guys were like, you're going to like it. And I was like, are you sure? And you're, And I was like. I did like it, uh, but this is a movie where I was like, I I really love this telling, this re- rendition, iteration of it, 
And what I really liked about it a lot is that it is you mentioned this to me before I saw it. You're like, just be mindful that it, it's it's um, paced uh, deliberately. And I was like, I don't mind that. And I loved that about it. I love mm-hmm. that it's like a tale of this guy who quite honestly is like not a really brave dude and also not one that has like a lot of like um, experience, uh, experience, but also like respect within the community kind of thing. And it takes him onto this journey of, of what you've seen in other movies where it's like, hey, you know, go on this journey. You're going to become better. And what I love about it is that it's adult um, in that it has these themes that are dealing with death and, uh, um, you know, pride, vanity, respect, whatever the case is. But it also plays it in a very like fun way of just like, hey, we're going to give you like little uh, video game vignettes, like little side quests that you have to complete in order to get to where you need to get to go. So ultimately, this is a really beautifully shot movie. Like there were scenes in this movie where I was just like, uh, yeah, I I really love this. Like I would love to frame this kind of thing. And then it, it's the stupid last, how breathtaking yeah. this movie is visually when you think about how much it costs versus movies we've seen that cost like three, million. four or five times this and look terrible. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like 17 million is like nothing. You know what I mean? Like that's like how much. Uh, that's probably like a little bit more than what um, what uh, Bloomhouse would give you to make a movie, but it's still like a small amount of money to make what you're seeing on the screen here. But this so, is like this is like like just let's yeah throw Dev Patel in Ireland for a bit and just shoot some shots, and it's like look how amazing <laughs> this looks! My goodness. Yeah. The the thing that I was like uh, the thing that I was thinking about the most is like how much did they spend on the fog machine? <laughs> uh, but I it is a breathtakingly visually beautiful movie. And I think that when you are thinking about this movie as a whole, you should kind of remember that it is this old mid, uh, Middle Ages tale. Um, but honestly, like the last, if, last 15 minutes of this movie, like fucking amazing. Yes. Like fucking like it, it was everything that I wanted as a movie viewer, meaning like I had so many unanswered questions like what's happening and they answered the shit out of every one of them and then it still goes on and then there's like even like a little bit after that which we'll get into later there's a little bit after that where i was like this is so fucking satisfying and again at the end of it even if it was not the most like uh whatchamacallit like um like uh clear in terms of like what it's trying to convey to you it is just a movie where i was just mad that i wasn't as creative to be like i would have made it exactly like this too and that like those like that's like the largest praise that i could give to any movie where i've said before in some previous reviews where i was just like i'm mad that i didn't write this movie like something like book smart or something like that where i was like i'm just mad that i didn't (laughs) like these are great ideas and and like i'm mad that i didn't write something like that but this one's just like man like just visually it's like i i would have never thought of this and i just like it just gave me a whole bunch of ideas so yes there is like a piece of praise does it hit all cylinders sometimes yes sometimes no but at the same time like i loved the like the woodsy mythological aspect of it quite a bit i i'm very happy you enjoyed this movie i didn't think you wouldn't i figured you'd be into this because yeah. i know you well enough but i, I mean <laughs> it, it's such a you read my notes yeah <laughs> we, we were really reading each other's notes this week um yeah. 
just sneaking around <laughs> on different sides of the state. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree with so much of what you've said. I, I, the, the level of ambiguity that's at play, I do appreciate, but at the same time, there is so much like satisfaction as far as what you start with versus what you leave with. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, so I'll say right now, this is based off the the uh, the big poem, as I mentioned, Sir Gervain right. and the Green Knight. Uh, I did not read this before the movie, but they right. at the screenings we were at, um, friend of the show Terrence was there as well. Um, they gave us uh, they gave us a copy of the Green Knight. They gave us a copy of the book. Oh um, wow! Yeah, which had a it's like a new er version because it had a forward by David Lowry in it, which is neat because mm-hmm. it talked about like his influences or what have you. Um, and there are quite a few that are very evident. I'll get into that later if you want to, but. I read so I read the story after the fact, and it's only like 70 pages ish, um, and it's a poem, so it's not like especially long, but it's certainly written in a certain style. Even if it's being translated, it still has a you know a certain kind of rhythm to it because it's not the average kind of book. It's a big epic poem essentially, um, but it 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 really showed me like how specific the choices David Lowry was making as far as adapting this, but as well as how much he basically sticks with what we're seeing. Um, for like for the most part, there's some interesting nuances he t- he chooses to take as far as how mm-hmm. to expand on certain aspects. The the like the quest portion as far as like meeting up with like the scavenger played Barry Cogan or meeting up with Winifred. Yeah, yeah. Um, that stuff that's like that, that was like my favorite segment, the Winifred segment. That stuff that's like it's not even it's not in it, but it's more like implied that Gervain had like lots of adventures on his way and like the Lord right. stuff. That's the stuff that's like really in it. The stuff of the Lord with Joe with Joel Edgerton character, like that stuff's like mm-hmm. uh, makes a big chunk of it. Um, and it makes up a chunk of the film as well, so it makes sense. But it's yeah. it's just it was just neat to think about like after reading it, it's like there's, there's so much like it's so neat to like read this and and think about the various choices that he made to best represent what he wanted to see out of a cinematic version of this, this, his, you know, his cinematic version of this. Uh, but beyond that, um, this movie rests so much on Dev Patel and he is mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic in this movie. Like, and I'm already coming off of a high on Patel from the, um, the, the David Copperfield movie last year, which I think is mm-hmm. excellent as well. So the fact that he's going from that, which is like this, put upon but optimistic young man now being this like you know the world the weight of the world is on my shoulders as i have to prove that i have what it takes to be a knight even though i have no experience in my bravery is like at an all-time low it's like, right. like yeah. the, he's so good here as far as conveying a lot and that's not even to mention the fact that he's dev patel right he's not He's not a guy you would typically cast as a knight of the round table. And the film doesn't right. need the film doesn't need to go out of its way to highlight that fact, but it does introduce certain layers to it that I appreciated as far as having someone that looks like Dev Patel being in this story. And it mm-hmm. it comes out a little bit like there's times where you see like artists drawing things on the wall and it's like suddenly it's a much more paler version of Duvain that's being, you know, drawn into the history books essentially, which is like mm-hmm. I see what you're doing without calling attention to it, which is really interesting. But regardless, his perf- he's so the way he wears vulnerability on his face is so like yeah. impressive that you can like like the take the green knight scene the first the initial encounter where this green knight comes into the castle and all the knights pull their sword and they're like we don't know what to do and you have Sean right. you have Sean Harris as King Arthur and I have so many like side kings. The the depiction of King Arthur and Guinevere with uh, Kate Dickey from The Witch. Uh, from The Witch, yeah, yeah. the Vivitch. The the fact that like they they are King Arthur and Queen Guinevere. They are in any other version of this, any other Arthurian story. You think of King Arthur, you think of this regal like you know 
healthy looking man, right? Who has a queen mm-hmm. on his side and he's like, everyone respects him. You don't necessarily not respect him. Here, everyone seems to, you know, get along with Arthur. And he's very warm for Sean Harris, who's generally not playing warm characters. But they also look like sickly. Like, they look like people that would yeah. actually exist in medieval times that probably don't yeah. eat a whole bunch. I, I loved that like, they had, like, huge dark circles in their yeah, eyes. Yeah, they look like they're tired. Like, it's yeah. just, and it's so, like, that's so, like, they're, you know, for a movie that has giants and a green knight in it, there's so much authenticity to the portrayal of Camelot as far as, like, yeah, this is probably what it would look like during this time period. Yeah, like, it's like not the, all fun the, and games. The festival all the hall time. that they're in is yeah. like fairly it's, small compared and, to like and dark. <laughs> like yes. you know, there's barely. Uh, obvious. Yeah, I don't even know if there's, there's no electricity. There's not even. I mean, but it's not even like there's a lot of candles lying around. It's I just know. like I guess yeah, we're just going with sunlight in here. <laughs> like it's it's just like really cool production design. But regardless, that that scene where the Green Knight comes in to the to the to the to the round table and everybody's feasting everything mm-hmm. and Gavain's there and he just he stands up and he's like I'll I'll take him on and he's just looking at him and the knight's like I, he's laid out these rules and he doesn't know what to do. He's looking at Arthur. He's looking at the other knights and he's like ah, and he cuts his head off and it's like <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember that sound effect, but yeah, it might as well have been in there. It just the the idea that he's like. What did I just like all of this in a moment? It's like, what did I just do? I did this. I, what do I yeah. have to do now? Like all of these different emotions are. He it, just it wears like it a so beautiful well. Setup too, right? Yeah. Because it's like, hey, King Arthur's like, hey, the king wants to go. Wants you to come sit with him. Mm-hmm. And King Arthur's like, hey, you know, I should have been better to you. You're my, you're my nephew. I should have uh, included you on journeys and also, you know, kept you warmer and closer to me. And and then in doing like. In that moment, the Green Knight shows up, and he's just like, hey, I've got this burst of energy from my uncle just being like, one day you might be a knight, and I'd be I'd be honored to have you as a knight. He's like, let me go and, like, fuck around with this guy, and, like, nobody's going to nobody's gonna stand up to this guy here? And what I love about it is that he does have this feeling of, like, accomplishment And what you were saying there. He doesn't realize what the game is because there's, like, a beautiful line from Kate Dickey who's just like, have courage? Like, that's all she says in that scene. And the the look on her face after he cuts the, the Green Knight's head off is just like, you clearly failed that test. <laughs> so It's such uh, a... It's a it's a really great like sequel like this whole movie is really great but like that's sequence be, just because of how like otherworldly they make the knights this like tree creature that has this that like every time it moves it feels like branches are breaking yes and, yeah and, and I was re- gonna say like I love the sound design it mm-hmm. sounds like earth moving and it, and like, like it looks like yeah it, it looks like earth but it's a great exa- great way to describe it it sounds like earth it is like it just feels like this force which it basically is because that's what um. Uh, uh, Sarita Chandri, who plays her, her who plays Desitel's mother, who's also Morgan Le Fay, which is an alteration from the book, who's like, you know, a kind of, it's like the Catwoman of the King Arthur universe, as far right. as like, sometimes she's bad, sometimes she's good. Um, like, she's, <laughs> she's like responsible for this thing. Pretty, I mean, basically, that's like kind of the yeah, role yeah. Morgan Le Fay has. Um, but, late. but she, so it's like, she and her like witch friends have like made this knight. <laughs> it's like, it's gonna, put this thing together to like test him and yeah it takes this like new like it feels like everybody's like wait he just cut the head off like that wasn't the goal yeah. this like all right so i guess it, it's yeah it's, it's, also very strange. <laughs> it's also very strange because like in that moment where the, when the green knight explained the rules to, to everybody it's like you know whatever you're gonna do to me I may or may not do it to you. We'll we'll never know until we find out. But you know, we might leave as friends as well if if uh, if all goes well. And I was like, I I love the way that the premise is set up of just, hey, 
uh, in a year's time, do the honorable thing, come find me, and uh, we'll f- go complete the game. And everybody is on board. Yeah. King Arthur, all the people, all the villagers, all the townspeople, like they're all just like, hey, you're gonna go see that guy. He's like, yeah, of course I'm gonna go see that guy. Like yeah, I, I mean, they, told they him have, that I would. They even have this wonderful like little stage production as far as the, this puppet show that's like yes. acting like a countdown clock to when Gavain has to go and do this thing. And it's so like there's a lot of like really cool bits like that that kind of show like a a version of what could happen that obviously leads to the ending. But mm-hmm. there's a there's a bit where where like the scavenger takes all his stuff and everything and he's tied up on the ground and the camera does this wonderful 360 shot where yeah. it shows him and he's and he goes from being Gavain to being like the skeleton remains of him before it like right. reverses on itself and goes back and it's like. There's so much like in- ingenuity for Lowry as far as what he's putting. Telling into this. you, I was just mad. I was like, God, like what a clever thing to have done. Even so. the titles of this movie, the way it like the way they present like the what this is, and it, like it, it yeah. reveals the titles through like various shots of stuff and different fonts and things. It's yeah. just so it's just it's cool. Like it's it's just a really like neat way to handle all this, especially when you've seen various like you know sword and sorcery movies or what have you. Yet. This feels right in line with Excalibur. Like you can easily watch both of these back to back and feel pretty good about that. Like the the tone right. is very similar. There's a level of earnestness there because of how serious everybody is and treating it very. You know, there's no there's maybe minor levity in reactions to certain things, but it's certainly not a funny movie overall. Sure. <laughs> like it just has its yeah. It knows and, what it and, wants you know, to be. Yeah, and we've seen like these Arthurian legends before, and we've seen uh you know like the most recent example would probably be like Guy Ritchie's. King Arthur. Arthur, King Arthur. And it's like, yeah, I get it. You know, like, Lady of the Lake, Excalibur, everybody's looking cool, giant battle scenes. And this one's just like, it tells you straight up from the beginning, like, the voiceover, this isn't that story. Yeah. Like, you're going to be hearing of a guy that was there, too, but is not nearly as cool as anybody there, else. There's no action in this movie. Like, there's not a sword-fighting movie at all. Like, right. But it's weird because, like, you mentioned, like, there's no action, and I disagreed with you. But then when you mentioned, like, yeah, there's no sword fighting, there isn't any sword fighting. But there is, like, good, like, action beats in this. Like, sure. So, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. There's, yeah. It, I mean, more it, like, there's not, like, you know, there's not, a, there's not a big sword fight yes. sequence between, like, Gavain and the Green Knight or, like, right. or, or like Joel Edgerton or something like that. This is not about, it's right. not that kind of movie. No, totally. And and that's what I really liked about it, too, is, like, it's very heavy on the dialogue. And so you're mentioning Sean Harris and Kate Dickey as, as Arthur and Guinevere. I love when they're just talking. Yeah. Like, they're just speaking about their lives and also about whatever else um, that's going on in the kingdom and about the game and about the rules of the game and whatever else. And it's just like, as an actor, as you know, Sean Harris is probably classically trained. It's like, you'd probably ate this role up. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, this is exactly what I would train to be an actor for is to, to be really good at, at a regal King reading these lines in the, in the, in the uh, twilight of my life as a King. And I'm, it's like, this is amazing. You know what I mean? And so, I, I love that the actors did what they did best. So that leads into like Def Patel as well. Def Patel's really been on a tear and I haven't seen Lion, but that's like kind of like the turning point where it's like, Hey, I, I want to be a serious actor here too. Like you guys should take me seriously. It's where he started looking grown up. Like, like true. Yeah. He was in like adult more, roles, but it's like once hair. he, yeah, he got that beard going and he grew out his hair. He just started looking like yeah. an adult all of a sudden. Yeah. Movies. <laughs> And, you know, he's been public about saying that he wanted to sh- kind of shake the image of him with, like, uh, skins and whatever else when he was younger. And I think that he certainly has. Um, but, yeah, he's very 
like he's playing a lot of different things at once and mm-hmm. you you said it best his facial expressions are probably the best thing that tell it because he's still underneath him being a playboy and like hanging out with like his his lover girlfriend i don't know what um yeah at least the, the, the first of two characters alicia vikander plays in this movie right and it's like you know he's still like this scared kid and it it's great because he sets out on this journey with all this gear and then he gets like fucking taken for a ride by barry keegan the first person that he meets up with you know what i mean there's a lot and, of stuff where I like I haven't even peeled back all the layers yet and just thinking yeah. about this movie as far as how much he's what this movie's trying to do with him because you you mentioned it already like you know well, his lack I do of, want to get there yeah his lack of bravery or what have you but like there's also the you know establishing legacy like his him going on this journey means people are gonna write about me and I need to do things that are gonna be written about that are gonna matter. Like that's what well, I'm, yeah. I'm searching for that at this point because like what else am I? What am I here for? Am I just gonna right. be the guy that hangs out in the bars and the brothels, or am I gonna be a guy that like did something with his life and right. you know, became a knight for reasons that were earned, not just because I was, you know, born into royalty to some degree, but like I actually did something with this. And does that mean I need to set, give the ultimate sacrifice to earn that, or am I gonna just you know putz around for the like? It's like it's so neat to like see him yeah. play into into this and then get into these ridiculous situations one after the other where like life is just destroying him he gets caught you know like a day out loses all of his stuff (laughs) by three teenagers (laughs) he walks outside of a cave and falls down the damn hill he eats a mushroom and throws his guts up like (laughs) it's just like so much terrible things that happen to him in this movie (laughs) but that that's so i was gonna get into that later but i'll get into it now where it I love the premise setup because we were talking – you and I were both talking early on. I'm just like, you know, what's cool about this is like it's very neat in the way that it's being told because Arthur's like, tell me a story, and Gawain is just like, I don't have any. And that's like when the Green Knight arrives. So it's like if you were to, to try and interpret it in multiple ways, you could be like, well, it just shifts from reality into his story right there then and there. It's like, oh, cool. You know, I don't have a story. I'll just make one up for him, and then you're just visualizing what, visualizing what he sees and what he's saying. And to your point there, I love the ending because even you know if we if we skip ahead, he meets the fox. The fox tells him, "Hey, nobody, don't go on this boat. Nobody will even fucking know that you were ever here. Just go back, live your life how you want to, and be the person that people think that you are." And throughout the entire course of the movie. Gawain has said, I'm doing this for honor. He says it to Joel uh, uh, Edgerton. Mm-hmm. He's like, I, I want to be an honorable person. And, you know, he's honorable in multiple ways because he wants to be true to the, to the the woman that he loves as well um, in in the face of the other face of the the, the uh, woman that he may love. And it, it's one of those things where you get to the last 15 minutes and you see like I was kind of like disheartened by his actions in the last 15 minutes. Like we're in spoiler territory, right? Yes. Yeah. Like he basically chickens out three times with the green knights. So like, all right, I'm not ready yet. Like, you know, don't, don't blow, uh, don't cast your blow on me just yet. And then he runs away. He, he lives his lifetime, which is a beautiful sequence. Beautiful. It has my favorite shot in the movie where he's just like, there's like a sliver of light of him when uh, Alicia Vikander is like giving birth and he's just standing there like like a fucking king. And I was like, this is like I would have never composed this shot. But with all that being said, it finishes out his life just being like 
hey, you know what you did at this place that the Green Chapel with the Green uh, Knight, and you lived your life, but it was without honor, and you were like shell or you were shielded by, um, by uh, a charm and whatever else, and you think that the movie is over. And then it just cuts back to him at the Green Chapel of the Green Knight. And he decides to be an honorable man. And I was like, this is such a fucking profound, deep movie. And, like, I loved that aspect of it. Just like, no, he is the person that he sought out to be. And he is the person that you hoped he would be. Like, you don't know what the outcome is. And I, I have read the story since. of just like, well, you know, the Green Knight is just like, Cool man, we're we're friends now. Um, but that's why it's, it's the Lord. Is, it's just Joel Edgerton, <laughs> like just playing a playing a prank on him. Playing a prank on him, yeah. And because it, it, because Morgan it, Lefay was like, yeah. And this movie it plays it more, and it's I, I get it's not necessarily better or worse than it, but it certainly makes a very deliberate choice, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Um, and it and it also depends on like your read of the movie. Like I, I, I like you know I like to think that there's a a sense there's a hopefulness at that ending where it's it's. Uh, you know, obviously it's ambiguous. It can be whatever way you want to, but just right. looking at how it goes, where you've seen like the worst that could happen versus yes, versus and then being taken back, I'm just I'm sitting there thinking he proved himself. Like that's yeah, like he's he's good to go. Like the green green the green knight is, especially because his mother created the thing. My thought is okay, the green he showed the green knight what's going on with him, and he you know. He can go back to Camelot now and have his story and have a life and have something to right. to to show to Arthur and everybody as far as like who he's going to be. Yeah, uh, I could take that way too. Like I didn't take it as like, oh, well, he's dead now. It's like I definitely took it as like, oh, it's ambiguous. Like you you could choose either either side, and but in choosing either side, you're satisfied with both. For sure, yeah, there's other ways to Which read is it, of course. Such a but, hard yeah. thing for movies to do. But I I completely agree with you about this like 15 minute word literally dialogue free segment of the film yeah. where you get this what you realize later on is a flash forward to everything that could happen if this happened and it's so well done it's so there's so much like story that's given to you within this amount of time on the yeah. movie that again I'm getting has goosebumps a, that you just talking about it on a movie that has that. again a minimal budget like you're not working with a lot yeah. here but it gives you like war family honor births knighthood crownings death destruction like it gives mm -hmm. you everything that you could like that that you're that some people might be just like waiting to see in a movie like this and you're like okay here it is here you want to see this all this stuff in this big medieval times movie here we go here's all the things mm -hmm. that could happen and just you see how it just ravages Zev patel's character like you know it ravages gavain and then you and then you realize that it's just this like this what if scenario and you cut back to him and it's so like even before you get to him taking the the um the um the the sash the sash off his waist the yeah. just the reveal that there he is back again in this location that's such a cool that's such a cool yeah. feeling that's such right. a great feeling and it it makes me so like happy with Lowry as far as what he was able to just pull off right there as far as making yeah. you feel a certain way and then realizing oh this was just a story this is just a version of events that could have yeah. taken place it's so cool and it's so cool because like you were mentioning the flash forward sequence and you know you and I both love it. In that flash forward sequence, even at the end of that flash forward sequence, I felt okay with his character of where he is. And so it's almost like literally a four way choose your own adventure. You know what I mean? 
And, I felt okay as far as yes, as far if you want to show me this version of events, I get why we're here. And that's, well, it's just more like yeah. for his character himself, just like mm-hmm. he finally accepted that. Yes, yeah, and then he, he is not. Yeah, you know, yeah, he took off the sash, and yes, he was a king. He wasn't a false king, but he wasn't the most honorable king. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he paid for the price. You know. With uh, the sash being off and his, his head being lopped off, which is a beautiful cut. It's like one of the most beautiful cuts I've seen since um, Hereditary uh, with, <laughs> with 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 the mom. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it certainly was like, whoa, like I visually blown away, but also, again, just very satisfying because mm-hmm. I, I, it, he's this person that just wants to be honorable. And again, I'm going to go back to that repeatedly, but. He just wants to be honorable. He wants to like live up to the code of like his uncle and also the code of the Knights of the Round Table. And how does he actually prove that? And I love that everything along the way sort of like helps him out a little bit while also trying to take him off the path, right? Just like it's hey, very man. much a, it's very much a movie about temptation. Uh, yeah, as yeah, far as like and, and like what it means to be a knight. Like if you want to be a knight, what do you how what are you gonna do to do that thing? Are you you're gonna encounter this scavenger? How are you gonna treat this guy? You're gonna treat him mm-hmm. with respect, you're gonna lie about who you are, because he kinda does. You got you're gonna promote you're gonna pump yourself up here to make yourself seem like something you're not. Yeah. What are you gonna do with Winifred? Are you gonna help her? Are you gonna go do the thing and grab the grab, get get her head out of the water? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's gonna go on with the Lord who has his own like weird game he's got going with his lady at the, at the castle? <laughs> are you gonna like do the things that they want you to do? That's the most of the temptation as far as all that goes. Right. And it it's yeah, just this, you get two Alicia Vikanders. Yeah. yeah, it's this constant struggle for Gavain who just does not know who does not seem to like he's really resisting in a lot of instances before he just kind of gives in. But at the same time, he's also gifted things. Like, he gets his axe back. He gets the, the uh, girdle. It's a girdle in the book. Uh, they call it a girdle, anyway. It's a girdle. Uh, he gets that back at some point. Like, there's... And he gets the fox back, of course, too, from from the Lord, who, right. <laughs> who catches the thing. Lord. It's, it's neat. He was going to kill it for dinner that night. But, uh-huh. you know, since you're going, I'll just give this to you as a gift. Uh, but, yeah, there, there was just a lot of really cool things in this movie around... Like we're we're all, we're mentioning thematic things, and mm-hmm. these thematic things are not like simple. Like, oh, cool, you know, it's just brush it off and keep going into action. It's like mm, it's the entire crux of the movie, which is why if you if you've seen his other like if you watched a ghost story, a ghost story is like oh, you might be thinking like, man, I can't believe this is an entire movie about Casey Affleck just being in a sheet. It's like it's way more layered than that. Like the time travel aspect of that movie, and then just like how you think about it as life, you know, as if we're going to use Matthew McConaughey's time as a flat circle, Mm -hmm. it's so like beautifully sad in that movie. And I love the ending of, of a ghost story where he finally gets the note. He reads it and he's able to be at peace. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. So in this movie, it's really not any different from Lowry being methodical about how his choices are for sure. Um, But yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Just again, I'm amazed by the budget. um, And I'm also amazed by, what you're getting out of it. So, you know, we mentioned Dev Patel, but I really love, like, everybody in this movie. Everyone, like, everyone's doing a great job. But Candor has a really great, like, she, I mean, she's, she's got, like, two like, roles. Two things to do. Yeah. But there's, but this, the, the role of the lady she plays, who lives with the Lord at the mm-hmm. castle, there's a big monologue she has at one point that's just, like... That shit was great. It's so effective as far as, like, yeah. writing that out. and Like, that's, like, the... I signed up for this movie because this is a great scene I'm going to exactly. get to play. Like, that's what it feels like. I was like, is she going to go on a, a monologue for 30 seconds? It's like, it's a minute long yeah. or something like that. And I was like, this is amazing. Like, 
and no broken shot. Like maybe a little bit later, mm-hmm. like a two, like a like an uh, a reverse shot. But but it's like no, she just keeps talking about how his journey and his life is, it is what it is, and how it's gonna come to be kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so scary, but also like really cool. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, I, everybody is great in this movie. Like, just yeah. the performance of the, that he's getting mm-hmm. is pretty outstanding. And again, you know, like, I don't know. Like, I, I wouldn't, I, I just, you mentioned no dialogue in the last 15 minutes. Pretty fucking stellar because everybody's like face acting at that point, right? And Dev Patel as old Dev Patel, incredible. Yeah, incredible. Very much so. Uh, real quick to get back on performance. Uh, yeah. Ralph, Ralph Innocent as the Green Knight is also pretty great. Like he, I mean, how can you not know that voice, right? To, yeah, <laughs> to have that, you know, using the voice the way he does, mixed with this very elaborate, like, amazing makeup design to like create this Green Knight and the sound design, obviously, as far as his movements go. Uh, but even towards the when you meet him again at the end, and there's almost a playfulness to him as far as how he's acting. How he's mm-hmm. like performing this deed as far as returning, you know, when he says, let's get to hacking and all these things. It's yeah. like there's 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 personality there in a character that doesn't necessarily need to have it. And yet it exists and it's just wonderful. Um, you mentioned the budget multiple times now. This movie just looks so stellar. And I, I, I told you Lowry had some key references for this film. The one mm-hmm. of them that very much makes sense is Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, specifically because oh, interesting. Of, specifically because of how. It's very specifically um, Coppola wanted to make that a, a kind of timeless movie as far as the effects go. So a lot of it's very it's all it's almost all entirely practical. It is entirely practical. Everything's mm-hmm. like in camera in some way with creative uh, ideas of how to like you know put things to scale or make things work or what have you. That very much feels like the case here. I know like the fox is from Weta and it's a very well designed fox. Like it looks great, but like things like the giant stuff. Like, I, you can see that that's like, it's just, you know, you got people dressed them up and did them a certain way and then just kind of put them on a rear projection. Like, it's it's not, you know, a, it's not too elaborate beyond like right. things that you yeah. couldn't do like in the past. Like, there's just a lot of that throughout the movie. Like Yeah, I forgot about the Attack on Titan scene, but yeah, the, it really <laughs> is. It really is like a, like, even for as, I, I think you might like the fox more than I do in terms of the character design. Because um, it, it certainly looked like a fake fox, but yeah, I mean, I wasn't convinced that it was a real fox, but I mean, in, no, terms, totally, of, yeah. in terms of, like, a character that needs to, like, breathe in, like, some kind oh, of yeah. life in a yeah. movie from I mean, A24. It's doing, for an yeah, A24 movie to have a, you know, a CG character, I'm like, this looks pretty good. <laughs> this, this is a good job. Yeah, because I, I was going to mention, like, even though the fox may not look you know, as realistic as the real fox, and and the, uh, the giant people aren't all, like, you're not really sure what to make of them because they're kind of shadowy as well. I went with it because it's a fantastical tale. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, that's the thing too. Right? That's And I was like, I don't give a shit that these guys don't look real or why are there giant, you know, giants walking across giant nursing women and men walking across like the plains. Like, you know, like, <laughs> am I supposed to understand all this? No, because yeah. it's not set in a time period or like in a place where it's just like, it's supposed to make logical sense. It's know? also like, like you mentioned with the Green Knight, the giants feel like of the earth once again. Like they're all like dirt covered things that are that's, just moving. Oh yeah, that's a good point. On like, just like they're they're on their own like journey or doing whatever they do, yeah. and they and Govain just kind of comes across them at one point. He's like, can you give me a ride? And he's like, ah, never mind. This is a little creepy. Yeah. Like, that's like his reaction. He's like, can you give me a ride? And the woman's just like, <laughs> and he's like, oh yeah, I, I guessed it. Not never mind. Speaks <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you have any uh, favorite, favorite vignette, or it sounded like you you have, you're a big fan of, like the Lord and and the the Manor at the end? Well, I mean, that's not my favorite. It's just where like I really respect the the work because I think Joel Edgerton's playing a tricky part um, as far as how he's conveying what he wants to do with Gavain. Um, but I mean, my favorite stuff like that, yeah, that whole ending, fifteen minute wordless stretch is fantastic. The both Green Knight interactions are obviously great because they need to be. But also, I really like that 360 shot when he's just tied up on the ground. I think that's a right. re- it's a really cool shot as far as conveying like all of the stress he's feeling. He's like, did I just fail my entire mission because of the stupid thing I did? As the camera on his first day, yeah, 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 my, yeah. As the camera like speeds around him and it's doing time lapse photography and everything too. So it's like it, it was. So yeah. it's like really like these Irish locations. They it's like Northern Ireland, I think. They're so cool, like just the the way they get these shots, and yes, like the atmosphere around them, but even like the giant shot. There's like like the camera like flips upside down for a second. Like there's just really that cool was, stuff. Was, it it was weird because it was kind of disorienting because I knew where I was uh-huh. and what I was looking at, but he he holds on it for like you know ten fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. and I was like this is kind of a weird shot, and I feel disoriented by it. So it is an effective thing. The other thing is is yes, the the scenes like great like the locations are great and i think the other thing that really helps out is you're not really sure where they are you know what i mean because i was worried that he's gonna get hit up by like you know whatever like uh other warriors or other warring factions it's like i don't actually even know like where the fuck this guy is and he's kind of like kind of aware of the danger but also he doesn't care about anything else so it's like okay well i guess he's just on a journey and it just goes, right? And as it keeps going, I'm just like, I think that they're kind of just filming like three locations, but they make good use of it. Right? And that's like the best part about it. Because, you know, to your point, it's a low budget movie. You can't really just fly to like 16 places. You kind of just need to fly to like one place or two places and shoot the movie there. Um, but that 360 shot was so like visually interesting. Because I was thinking to myself, I can't tell if things are growing. Oh, no, things are growing. Are they? No, they're definitely growing. Oh, he's dead now. <laughs> and then it just like goes back and it's like, because as you're saying, it's a passage of time. So it's, you can see the trees uh, dying and, and growing. You can see like the moss uh, increasing um, and like the grass growing in is, is really well done. So very creative, very like uh, genuine to some degree of of what I'm trying to convey as a storyteller. And I was like, again, I'm just mad that I was like, will I ever be this creative? <laughs> yeah, yeah no, this is just it's a real accomplishment. It's a, a truly an A24 epic as far as like it's minimalist, yet it isn't. And it's yeah. just really a, and, and, you know, it goes great distances, but it doesn't. It's, yeah, it's, I, it's, I, I immediately wanted to see it again. That that's like, yeah, as good as anything. No, I'm I mean? in that I'm in that mode where it's like I should just be watching this once a month because this is just a really great movie. <laughs> like it, it yeah, has so I much mean, like, going part for it. It was because like okay, cool. I know where all like the I know where the characters are going, but now I can really pay attention to, like what they're saying like super hard and pay attention to all the other things that are that are there because it's just there's a lot of there's a lot of like uh, craft and care that that goes along with it for sure. It, it's yeah. it, it really knows how to deliver on, on on being a very specific take on this legend, yeah. And, and just how, but, how does the book end? Like I, I sort of mentioned it, but does the is the book that they gave you is it very definitive and like cool? Well, you know, the Green Knight just like 
we're it's, cool, man. It's more definitive, yeah, because it's like he gets he gets the Green Knight, and the Green Knight like um our uh, Gavain flinches, uh the first time, um so you know yeah it it handles it differently. He flinches the first time, and the Green Knight's like you flinch, what's wrong? And he's like <laughs> I, I wasn't ready yet. He, and the next time Green Knight takes a swing, but then stops at the last second just to mess with him, which is hilarious when you think about that. Uh, but it's and then and Gavain starts because he's like what are you doing? It's like ah oh, you know we're just having fun here. And then the then the um. The third time he takes a swing and it nicks him. Um, so like, so he's taken the swing and he's basically missed. And Gavain's like, "Well, you did it. So like, we're good now. Like, we, it's, a, yeah. it's fair game." And he gets back. He gets back to Camelot. He took a swing and missed. It, well, yeah, he like he nicked him on the neck, but instead of like actually cutting his head yeah, off. Yeah. And so Classic. and that so like the Green Knight. It, uh, that happens. The Green Knight reveals himself to be the Lord uh, from yeah. the castle, and then Gavain goes back home. To, to Camelot and Morgan Le Fay comes out and it's like it was me all along. We are. We, <laughs> it was yeah, me. It was my mom all along. Well, it's not his mom in that story. <laughs> oh, like, it's oh, just it's yeah. just Morgan Le Fay. And does he go back yeah, home into that? Or regardless, like he learns that he, the Lord tells him where he goes back home and she's there and he tells him. But like, yeah, that's it's basically that. It's like we we were just trying to you know get you to get out of your shell here. You know, get some get some stories going or what have you. Yeah. And, so and, and that's like where, where we are mentioning earlier, you've seen this story before, like mm-hmm. whether it's the page master or whatever else, you know what I mean? Like I'm kind of not facetiously joking when I bring up the page master. It's the same story, right? Um, it's a hero's it's, journey type thing before Joseph Campbell did it. Like it's this, <laughs> it's, it's Arthurian version of Joey <laughs> cams. Joey yeah. cams. Yeah. Yeah. But it is, um, I'm glad that because when he goes and meets um, Sarah, not Sarah, uh, who's the girl with like the beheaded head, um, Winifred, uh-huh. um, you know, she says something to him. She says like, "Hey, be aware that the Green Knight is somebody that you know." And I was like, "I don't know what that means. Like, is it?" And so it, it makes much more sense after having read uh, some of the text and then kind of getting the additional context from from what you're mentioning. Just like, no, it's just. <laughs> Joel Edgerton being a dick <laughs> or playing a game with him even even more so than the game within the game. So Yeah, I mean, um, in the text it is that way. Like in the movie, yeah. it doesn't seem like they're one of the same in sure, that row. Yeah. But, like, but yeah, it, 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 is, it, is, it is cool to read like the, you know, the text and have that kind of additional co- – like on its own, I was already like just really enjoyed this movie. Like it was great. Totally. Just like having that extra context from reading the movie. It was like this is – it's just really neat to see like what Lowry did to stick with it as well as expand upon it. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's his own take on it. The last thing I'll mention is like that crown. Cool crown. Great crown. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like something I hadn't really seen before because yeah. you're you're always thinking of like you know uh, the lion in in uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> Robin Hood, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah, it's got it's got you know gems and shit in it, and it's like mm. this one's just like it so, looks Phoenician, but it also looks like the mantle of Christ, and yeah, it has that extra like, like circle bit behind it, and everything. right? And it's just like this is very like cool and modern and futuristic, but also very classic and what somebody might build. Uh, and uh, again, the costume design is also excellent uh, in this movie. It's excellent without being showy, which I really admired. Like it. Yeah, it I mean, especially like the colors that Dev Patel wears. Yeah. Um, where it's like everybody kind of has like drab, like you were mentioning, everybody's kind of like sickly and and older, and then he's like got this like mustard colored scarf, hmm. and then later as a king, he's got like blue garments like mm-hmm. if you look closely in one of the scenes like it's got like zigzags in it too and i was like this is really well done so yeah. good job mm-hmm. it's like turquoise so he, he's like yeah. a king of like turquoise 
whatever. And, you know, his future spouse doesn't say anything, but again, all face acting at the end. So, all right. Yeah, man. We uh, I both, should go see this again. We both really like The Green Knight. Um, it's in theaters now. It's playing at the time of this record. This will be out before this, but it's going to stream for one night only on A24's like virtual cinema on the 18th of August. Um, for those That's a first come, first serve type thing? Well, it's virtual. I think you just buy, you know, pay for a ticket or okay. whatever. It's like 20 bucks, I believe. Um, but yeah. it'll, it'll be on like digital probably like a month or so anyway. Um, yeah. And I know it's going to get a 4K release, which I'm very happy about, not just a Blu-ray release. Um, so that makes me very happy. Um, but yeah, it's in theaters now. We both recommend it very highly. It's very great. <laughs> so, <laughs> with all that said, I think that's uh, that's going to do for our Out Now Nights Nights episode. Um, we'll be back uh, soon enough with an episode covering Free Guy and Don't Breathe 2. Um, but still breathing. Still breathing. Um, but yeah, you know, you can find all of our episodes on iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and all that. You can you know where our show yeah, is. We're on the internet. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, um, yeah I think that's going to do it for this, uh, this Out Now Nights, Nights episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. Nights. Hey!